last week we met a man named Gideon. Now, Gideon does not appear to be a very likely candidate to deliver a nation. Nevertheless, God uses him as a great leader, but get this, after he's done with him. Amen? He don't use him until after he's done with him. And when the Lord tells Gideon that he's going to deliver Israel, Gideon, like most people, begins telling God why he's wrong. Can I just say something to you, church? Don't tell God why he's wrong. Amen? He knows he's right. But that's what Gideon was doing. It's often what, often what we do. But after losing that argument with God, Gideon finds himself worshiping the Lord like he never has and actually waiting for further instruction. As the Lord begins to prepare Gideon for this mission that lies ahead that we're going to be studying in weeks to come, we see Gideon today take his first step of faith. We're going to see Gideon take a stand against the worship of false gods that are keeping God's people in bondage to their sin. And we're going to see today how God develops Gideon into a warrior. Can I tell you this morning that God wants you to be a warrior? Amen? A warrior. And we're also going to consider our own lives as we see how the Lord is developing us as warriors. In fact, did you know that it is the Lord's desire to transform you? It is His desire to transform you from just a lost sinner to the image of His Son, Jesus Christ. Listen to what the Word of God says in regard to that. You're familiar with this scripture. In Romans chapter 8, verse 28, the Bible says, And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God and to those who are the called according to His purpose. For whom He foreknew, he also predestined, here it comes, to be conformed to the image of his son. God wants Jesus, you guys looking like Jesus. He wants me looking like Jesus. And I believe that what we're going to learn today will help us to successfully navigate our own transformation. And this will also teach us today that we need to be encouraged. Father, you know, he knows that you're, you're not what you once were. You are different. You may have a long way to go, but he is working in you diligently. The Bible says that today we're going to find out that we can join Gideon. Join Gideon as he enters boot camp and God begins the making of a warrior. We begin by recognizing that God gives commands for our spiritual growth. If you want to grow spiritually, if you want to be more like Jesus, if you want to be conformed more in his image, you're going to have to learn to obey the commands of God. And God begins in Judges chapter 6 by giving a specific command. Notice in verse 25, I believe that's on page 222 or 223 in the Bibles in front of you. I'd love for you to follow along. But in verse 25, the Bible says this. Now it came to pass the same night that the Lord said to Gideon, Take your father's young bull, the second bull of seven years old, and tear down the altar of Baal 
that your father has. And cut down the wooden image that is beside it. Now, when I was reading this, the first person I thought of was Jeffrey Calvert. Amen? Take your daddy's bull, second bull of seven years old, and use it to tear down the false god altar of Baal and cut down that wooden image. Let's keep on in verse 26. And build an altar to the Lord your God on top of the rock in proper arrangement. And take the second bull and offer a burnt sacrifice with the wood of the image you cut down. Notice that the Lord's commandments to Gideon here are very specific, very clear. Gideon is told, take your daddy's second bull, who's seven years old, and use it to pull down your father's altar to Baal. So Gideon's daddy was worshiping false gods. Pull down that altar, and Baal is basically the Canaanite god of infertility. He's also told to cut down the wooden image that stands by the altar. Now, this wooden image basically is a shrine. It's a shrine dedicated to another false goddess named Asherah. And Asherah was supposedly Baal's female partner. Worshippers of Baal, worshippers of Asherah, practice all kinds of vile sexual acts near these shrines in a twisted effort to try to gain favor from these false gods. So God's command is very specific here. He tells Gideon, go tear down those shrines and build an altar to Jehovah God and then offer the young bull as a burnt offering to the Lord. Now, here is the bottom line to this whole exercise. The bottom line to this exercise is this. Everybody was going to know what Gideon had done. Everybody was going to know what Gideon had done. You see, throughout Scripture, we see God calling people for specific tasks in specific times according to God's specific will. And listen, that includes you. You are here for a reason. You are part of this church family for a reason. You have been planted in this community for a reason. You are serving God here for a reason. So I want to challenge you to bloom where you're planted. Amen? Be doing what God told you to do. These commands that God gives to us are just as specific as the ones he gave to Gideon. What are those commands? Well, the commands that God gives to our lives are simply to read and apply his word Amen? And then walk humbly after God with him. Here's what the Bible says in regard to that. In Romans chapter 12, Paul begs. He's begging these Christians in this church. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, I plead with you, church at Rome, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. But it doesn't stop there. Because he also says, do not be conformed to this world. But be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may prove what is this good and acceptable word of God. Friend, it is so important that we take charge, take hold of the commands that God gives us to live a fruitful life. 
And just as Gideon was to build and tear down this altar publicly, God calls me and you to live our Christian lives publicly. Right? It's not something that's just between me and God. You heard people say that before? No, it's not just between you and God. It's for everybody to see. Just as Gideon tore down this altar to the false god and rebuilt another altar to Jehovah God, so we are to do publicly, open for all to see. That's what a warrior does. So friends, that is the specific command of God for your life. That you live your Christianity out in the open. That you live as a child of God for all to see. That's what a warrior does. But God also gives a spiritual command. In this passage, God gives us two purposes in issuing this command to Gideon. One, he was going to show Gideon that he was superior to this God called Baal. Right? God was superior to Baal too. God was also going to tell Gideon that I will be with you regardless of what opposition you face. No matter who comes against you in your Christian walk, God says, I'm going to be with you. So can I tell you this morning that God still fulfills the same purposes in our lives. God is still greater than any so-called God out there in the world. And as you live your Christian life out in the open for all to see, God wants to remind you that he will be with you. Friend, every time that we faithfully obey the commands of God, we're showing the world that He's God and that He is worthy to be worshipped. And every time that God uses us to accomplish His will, He reminds me and you afresh that we are not alone, that God's hand is on us as we serve Him with all of our heart, mind, soul, and strength. Friend, let me ask you this question. Do people recognize the hand of God on your life? Do people recognize the hand of God on your life? See, until we tear down altars in our own lives, until, until we tear down these altars that hinder our walk with God, we'll never see, see God use us in great power. The same is true of the church. Do you know that we cannot expect God to reveal His power through what we do here if we're still dominated by worldly influences? That only makes sense. Amen? Let me hear you. Amen. So we're given a specific command, but that has a very spiritual impact. But God's command is also a very simple command. God gave Gideon everything that he needed to do what he was told to do. Gideon had everything he needed to do what God told him to do. All he had to do was what? Do it. You and I are given everything we need in order to do the will of God. All we have to do is do it. Amen? All he had to do was follow God's commands by faith, and that's all we need to do too. Just do what God told us to do. You see, God was using this simple command to prepare Gideon. God knows exactly what's coming down the pike for Gideon. 
He knows that there's going to be a big event in Gideon's life, something far more difficult. And so God was preparing Gideon. Gideon would have never believed God for that difficult thing until he had seen faithfulness in that simple thing. You see, friends, God is using this simple command to prepare Gideon, just as he does to prepare us. God uses the same exact strategy to make us ready and to prepare us for great and mighty things. Consider David for a second. Before David faced Goliath, you may not know this, but he first faced a lion and a bear. And he whooped them both. Amen? Whooped them both. But the bottom line is this. Small victories prepared David for that big battle against Goliath. Abraham was taught obedience in that God said, Hey, I want you to pick up your stuff and I want you to follow me. Leave your country, leave your family, and follow me. And after a while, he believed God for a baby when he was 100 years old. We were talking about babies and making more babies, amen, in our life group this morning. We want to grow our church, and so we're going to have babies, amen, praise God. So, uh, so some, of you, some of you teenagers might be having uh, little baby sisters and stuff. I'm not even going to go there, praise God. Here's the deal. Here's the deal. He believed God for a baby, and at age 100, sure enough, guess what happened? But then shortly thereafter, God told Abraham, I want you to sacrifice your one and only child, the one I just gave you. And he had enough faith to believe God, to believe for a miracle, and God spared the burnt offering of Isaac. Think of Peter. When Peter first got tested, he blew it. Blew it sky high. But ultimately, Peter would stand in the faith, he would preach in gospel power, and guess what happened? The world, as we know it, was changed. All because God prepared him for small things in preparation for the big things. When we're first saved, God gives us these small, simple tasks that he knows we can do. That's how God works in our lives. As we prove faithful in the small things, God is preparing us for greater things. Our problem is, is that we often don't do the small things, and so God doesn't use us for the greater things. Think about it. If we don't obey the specific spiritual simple commands God gives us, like praying. If we don't obey God's commands like reading and applying the word of God. If we don't obey God's commands like worshiping him faithfully. If we don't obey God's commands like tithing, sharing our faith with others. Serving Him in all the many available ways that we can serve Him. If we don't obey God in those areas, why on heaven's green earth would we expect God to use us for great things when we're not faithful in the small things? So, God's commands are for our spiritual growth, and those commands are specific, they're spiritual, and they're also very simple. Now, 
Notice in the verses to follow, in verse 27, that Gideon complies with God's commands. Look in verse 27. So Gideon took ten men from among his servants and did as the Lord said to him. Probably the most powerful words in the Bible. Can you imagine if, it, if the Bible said, and Kevin did as the Lord told him to do. Amen? Can you imagine what it would mean to you if the Bible said, and Kathy Martin did what God told her to do. Amen? But because he feared his father's household and the men of the city too much to do it by day, he did it by night. So there's good news and bad news here. The good news is, is to begin with, we see Gideon is displaying his faith. Boom! Without hesitation, Gideon did exactly what God told him to do. He took ten of his servants to help him, and he tore down Baal's altar and Asherah's wooden image. And it made me wonder, what might God do through us if we were that eager to do God's will? What might God do through Bethel Baptist Church if we were that eager, that ready to do his will? But that's not how we are. That's not typically how we respond, is it? No, we're usually more like Moses. Remember Moses? When God told him something to do, remember what Moses did? Moses made excuses. He said, look, God, I don't talk very good, so I'm not going to be the candidate you'd want to use to speak your word to God's people. Maybe we're more like Moses in that um, Moses suggested, hey, uh, Lord, why don't you use Aaron, my brother? He might do a better job than me. Maybe we're more like Jonah. We try to run from God, and we know full well that that disobedience dishonors God. We know full well that in the end, God's going to have his way, amen? And yet we try to run from doing the work that God's told us to do. Friend, I pray that you and I have a heart like Isaiah's. When God told him something to do, Isaiah said faithfully, Here I am, Lord. Send me. I'm the one. Let me be the one to faithfully go. That's where I want to be. So that's the good news. Gideon displayed his faith. But here's the bad news. Gideon once again displays his fear. Gideon did demonstrate his faith in doing what the Lord commanded him to do, but he demonstrated fear in that he did it at night. Do y'all remember somebody else that did something at night? Do you remember the Pharisee Nicodemus who wanted to know more about Jesus, perhaps even to come to faith in Jesus, but he wasn't going to do it during the day when all his Pharisee buddies was going to see him. What did he do? He came to Jesus by night. Now, what difference does that make as long as he came? Well, Gideon was trying to hide his obedience. Gideon was trying to hide his obedience to the Lord under the cover of darkness. Do y'all smell a rat in that? That he was trying to hide his obedience to God under the cover of darkness? 
You see, Gideon knew that his daddy and his brothers and all the rest of the village people were going to be mad at him tearing down those altars. Gideon knew that they would probably try to kill him for tearing down those shrines. And so Gideon's faith stayed small because he allowed fear to control him. What happened? Gideon's fear was greater than his trust. Gideon's fear of man was greater than his trust in God. And so he did it by night. You know, if we'd all agree, the reason that we don't serve God more faithfully is probably because of fear. Yeah, we're scared. Oh, we have the faith to believe that God said do it. Right? We have the faith. But the fear of perhaps of failure keeps us from doing the things that God's told us to do. Maybe we fear the ridicule of people if we were to share our faith with them. Maybe we fear the rejection of family if we were to tell them about Jesus. Maybe we fear that we don't know the Bible well enough to teach. And so we don't. And not only do we not teach, but we don't study the Bible more so that we'll know more so we can teach more. Maybe we fear that commitment will just mean too much of my time. Friend, we need to understand today that it is our duty as God's people to respond in obedience and faith whenever, wherever, and however God calls. We don't get to pick and choose. If God's calling, your call is to respond. That, friend, is the secret to success in warrior training. That is the secret to success in spiritual growth, responding immediately to what God wants us to do. So God gives commands for Gideon's and our spiritual growth. But then Gideon complied with those commands. And finally, I want you to notice that Gideon accepts the consequences. The consequences of his obedience. See, Gideon's faithful actions in tearing down those altars caused a major uproar. Y'all hearing me? Caused a major uproar in the community. Oh, God was happy. God was pleased that Gideon had been obedient and tore down those altars. But God was the only one. Nobody else was happy that Gideon had done this thing. Listen, friend, when we are faithfully obedient, there will be consequences of our actions. There will be consequences to our obedience. Just take a look at the consequences that Gideon faced, knowing that you and I are going to face very similar consequences. Number one, Gideon faced the hate of the local people. Look there in verse 28. And when the men of the city arose early in the morning, there the altar of Baal was torn down. And the wooden image that was beside it was cut down. And the second bull was being offered on the altar which had been built. And so they said this thing to one another. Who has done this thing? Who has done this? And they, whoever they was, said Gideon, the son of Joash, 
has done this thing. Then the men of the city said to Joash, Bring out your son that he may die. That he may die because he's torn down the altar of Baal and because he has cut down the wooden image that was beside it. You see, it wasn't long until somebody blabbed. Amen. It wasn't long until somebody blabbed that Gideon was the one that destroyed these sacred shrines. And after they found out, these people went straight to Gideon's daddy, Joash, and demanded that Gideon be put to death for what he'd done. Friends, can I tell you that we are sorely deceiving ourselves if we think that everybody's going to be happy when we're obedient to God. You're probably going to find more people that are unhappy than you are those that will be happy. But do you remember what Jesus said in John 15, 28? Jesus said, if the world hates you, remember that it hated me before it hated you. So instead of giving in to a lost and corrupt and perverse generation that opposes God, instead of giving in to this generation that opposes all that God stands for, I pray that you and I will obediently follow whatever God tells us to do, regardless of who says anything. You see, they don't realize it. Listen, they don't realize it but we're the only hope they got. The church is the only hope that the lost generation has got. The church is God's chosen mechanism for sharing the good news of Jesus Christ. They just don't realize it. So let's determine that you and I are going to be found faithful regardless of what other people do. But not only was uh, Gideon facing the hate of the locals... Gideon also faced hostility toward his loved ones. Look in verse 31. But Joash, Gideon's daddy, said to all who stood against him, Would you plead for Baal? Would you save him? Let the one who would plead for him be put to death by morning. If he is a god, let him plead for himself. Because the altar's been torn down. Therefore on that day he called him in Jerubbaal, saying, let Baal plead against him because he's torn down this altar. Gideon's daddy basically says this. He basically says, wait a minute, wait a minute. Are y'all begging for Baal? Are y'all Baal's savior? If you're still fool enough to serve the false god Baal, you're the one that ought to be stoned to death. Because if Baal's really a god, he can come to his own defense. If Baal's real, he don't need the likes of you to take a stand for him. You see, when Gideon honored the Lord and took his obedient stand, listen, God used that stand to touch Gideon's family. He took his bold stand for God and touched his family with it. You see, that altar of Baal was in Gideon's daddy's backyard. 
Joash, Gideon's daddy, was worshiping this false god, Baal, that, that articulated all manner of vile sexual acts and was opposed to everything of God. But when Joash saw the faith of his own son, Gideon, and he saw the inability of Baal to protect himself, why, Joash was converted. Joash was converted. Joash is done with idolatry now. And he's ready to follow the true and living God that you and I know. In other words, God used Gideon's faith to deliver his daddy from spiritual bondage. God used Gideon's faith to deliver his own father. Friends, listen. The results of your obedience may never be that dramatic. May never be. But I want to assure you of this. God will get glory for your obedience. If you'll faithfully obey, God will get glory. He might use your obedience to change your family. God might use your obedience to change your church. God might use your obedience to faithfully change your workplace. God may use your obedience to change your neighborhood. I mean, can you imagine what God would do if you and I were 100% obedient 100% of the time? Why, God might change the whole world. You may face hatred. And your family may face hostility. But God may use that experience to change your family. To change your marriage. To change your church. But Gideon also faced the hope that he lacked. See, many, many times in Gideon's life, Gideon faced hopelessness. Absolute hopelessness. Often Gideon was unafraid. Often he was very afraid. Often he was sure, but very most of the time he was unsure of how things were going to work out. But all that Gideon knew was that the Lord was calling him and he was going to faithfully obey. On this day that we're reading about, Gideon learned that God is more powerful than any false god. On this day, Gideon learned that God is greater than any of his enemies. On this day, Gideon learned that God would keep his promises. On this day, Gideon learned that God would protect his warriors. And all of this was so valuable, valuable information in the making of a warrior. When we first start walking with the Lord by faith, we're a lot like Gideon. We're a lot like him. Yeah, we're filled with doubts. Maybe we're filled with fears. But as we walk with God, step by step, day by day, victory after victory, sometimes defeat after defeat, our faith is developed. We're made stronger warriors as we begin to trust God and believe God for greater things in our life. That's his plan for us. And by all accounts, his plan works. Now I know that 
Some of us are farther along in our training than others are. Some of us perhaps are stronger warriors than others. We trust the Lord more and we're able to believe God for more. But I want to tell you this morning, God is not done with you yet. God is not done with you yet. There's more training ahead for you. If you're breathing, then you're still being trained as a warrior. But God may have some altar in your life he wants torn down. God may have some work that he wants you to do. God has a plan for your life. And listen carefully, you are an important part of that plan. Everything that God allows into my life and yours is a part of our boot camp. Everything that comes our way. God uses the mountains and the valleys. God uses the good times and the bad times. God uses the times of plenty and the times of want. All is part of our warrior training. So how are you doing in your boot camp? How are you doing in your boot camp? Is there some idol in your life that needs to be torn down before God can use you like he wants to use you? Is there some fear that you have, some irrational fear that you need to overcome before you'll begin serving the Lord? Friend, if God is speaking to you this morning, if God is speaking to you about His plan for your life, remember that you're not your own. You were bought at a price. The precious blood of Jesus. And so, if God is speaking to you this morning, Listen to his voice. Place your will, place your life, place your all on this altar. And just watch what God will do with you. Friend, who will pray today? Who will pray today that God's people will overcome any obstacle that stands in our way, any obstacle that might be hindering us from being all that God wants us to be as a church, who will pray? Who will pray today? I've got all afternoon. Come on up here, Lydia. Chicken. Who will pray today for God's people to overcome obstacles and be all that God wants us to be? Let us bow our heads. Our Father, we come to you today in prayer. We want to say thank you for our church family. 
wanting to say thank you for all the praises and everything that you've done for us. Wanting to ask for forgiveness for all our sins and for the strength to be obedient and to listen and to obey the commands of the Bible. We love you. We believe in you and we trust in you. Please let us bring our friends and family and community closer to you, God. Please let us live our lives throughout day by day doing the word of God, doing what we're supposed to be doing through you. We believe in you and we trust in you. Thank you, Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.